thought he were around here is treated like a god. I mean, I'll never find out what he could really do. I don't want this to be the high point of his life. I've seen him, the real sad ones. They sit around the rest of their lives talking about the glory days when they were 17 years old. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Welcome to Keeping the Stouts Alive, the Indiana Basketball Memory Show. I am your host, Billy Powell. You can listen to over 180 of our shows on Keeping the Nostalgia Alive, and that's all one word, keepingthenostalgialive.podbean.com. Um, today's show, let's get to today's show. Um, I know we're going through some difficult times, so hopefully you guys can sit back and relax and listen to um, some stories about success in basketball and memories of basketball. And, and today I'm going to interview my third head coach from Indiana State University, uh, I have uh, interviewed Coach Bill Hodges. I have interviewed Coach Dave Shellhouse. And both of those interviews are on keepingthenostalgialive.podbean.com. And today, with no further ado, is my third head coach that I get to interview, and that's Coach Greg Lansing. Coach, thanks for taking some time out of your busy schedule. Well, I, I don't know how busy it is with whatever we're going through today, but to, uh, to uh, share some of your stories and memories of uh, your life in the game of basketball. Oh, I really appreciate you you having me on. You know, it is a uh, it is crazy times, but uh, like you said, be the third Indiana State head coach you've talked to. That's kind of neat. I got to know Coach Hodges uh, pretty well when we did the reunion, the '79 team reunion, a couple years back. So he's a neat guy, and obviously he had a special team there. But uh, appreciate you having me on. Yeah, no problem. You know, when I when I posted this, I'm not a Twitter guy, so uh, I don't have a lot of stuff going on Twitter. I'm I'm a Facebook Facebook guy, and we have just a huge following with uh, what we do here. And um, um, a lot of the uh, former players were commented when I told them that I was going to be interviewing you that uh, you are really, really welcome and really good to former players who want to come around the program. Uh, uh, at Indiana State University, so I think that uh, takes that as a nice compliment. Well, I, I appreciate you saying that as well. That's uh, I, you know, I'm very blessed. It's an honor to be a, a head coach at Indiana State, and uh, as a former player myself, playing, I'm a coach's son, and I played college basketball. And that was one of the things that I wanted to do when I got here. We didn't even have a database of former players, you know, and. Uh, with the history of Indiana State basketball, especially with the 79 team, uh, but several other NCAA teams. I just wanted to make sure that uh, we're all one big uh, basketball family and we do golf outings in the summer. We have a alumni game during the year, and that's just steadily grown. And, uh, again, it's, uh, you know, I consider it an honor and a privilege to have the job I have and, and uh, just to make those guys proud when they watch our team. You know, before we get into uh, born and raised, who introduced you to the game and your your um, uh, ascension to where you are today, what's it like being a head basketball coach during this uh, coronavirus? And I mean, do you have do you do Skype or Zoom meetings with your coaches? What kind of uh, curveball does it throw your uh, recruiting? Give us a little bit of what you what what is going on at Indiana State University basketball while this is happening. Well, for one, I mean, it obviously sucks. <laughs> Let's just put it simply. It, I, I can't stand not being around our guys. I, I can't stand not uh, practicing, doing individual workouts, um, watching basketball on TV. But then, you know, you look at it and it just, you understand how, how fortunate, uh, most of us are, 
uh, in dealing with this time and the in the coronavirus. And you know, you just honor, try to honor those people that are that are um, on the front lines and taking care of people. Those people that are affected directly with the uh, uh, the pandemic, but uh, just feel really lucky to to be where I'm at. So we we'll get on the computer. We've had a couple. Um, um, I'm not. Uh, uh, very good on the computer with any of that stuff, but we've done uh, a couple of Zoom meetings um, in, in touch with my staff uh, daily, in touch with the players pretty much daily as well. And we've been pretty fortunate. We've got a couple commitments uh, by working the phones here pretty pretty hard. So we've, we've done well. Uh, we have a really good team coming back, but we did we did just add a couple more guys. So you know, the only thing you can do is is uh, uh, work by phone, work by computer. Uh, I tried to watch all of I'm going through watching all of our games from last year. Um, you know, that's something that coaches do anyway, but now basically you have a little more time. You're just not in the office to do it. You know, I'm a uh, graduate of Indiana State University from uh, 1990, and, and I do still have four years. All right. of el- I do have four years of eligibility left. <laughs> well, we have wa- we have a walk-on position open if you're interested. <laughs> no, this I'm going to stick with this because this is why I do this and this is why I don't play basketball. <laughs> Coach, tell us a little bit about where you're from. Tell us a little bit about your family and maybe kind of any memories of your first introduction to this game of basketball. Well, it was early. Uh, my dad uh, is a retired Hall of Fame high school coach uh, in Iowa. Um, he and I are the, uh, one of the, the few father-son Hall of Fame combos in Iowa, so that's kind of neat. Uh, we got to uh, celebrate that together. But I, I grew up uh, in the gym at his practices, at his games, uh, watching. You know, he was old school from the start. I, I just remember night after night after night, he'd be down watching film, you know, and and I don't know how back in when he was a head coach, I don't know how many coaches were doing the film study, but I learned at an early age to to know thy enemy and to be very prepared. Uh, he was a hard-working, really hard-driving uh, coach and a father. Uh, we butted heads a lot on different things, but uh, I played three sports. I was at a, at a smaller school, but uh, basketball, um, you know, I grew up with it, and um, I remember just going on scouting trips. You know, you didn't have film to exchange back then, so you went and watched other teams play. I remember all that stuff, and uh, just grew up in the game and, and loving the game. You know, Indiana, uh, you, you, you've been there for quite a long time on two different stints, and you know high school basketball in the state of Indiana. Give us a little bit of a rundown what high school basketball was like in Iowa. Well, you know, you would probably have to say Indiana has the best high school basketball. Well, it's the most important um, of about any state or anywhere that I've been. Sure, there's some areas where it's extremely important to the communities or more important to the communities, but Indiana as a whole, I think, uh, basketball is, is very important to their to their communities. Um, Iowa's not that bad either, but, you know, in Iowa uh, – Football is big. Wrestling is big. You know, girls' basketball is big. So it's uh, there's several different sports that are very community based and and very strongly supported by that. You know, in Iowa we don't have a, a lot of huge towns. You have Des Moines, uh, which is your biggest and your capital. 
but uh, the population is great. But uh, I know this, you know, growing up in it and still being around in it and, and knowing uh, tons of high school coaches from over there. <laughs> they got great coaches. I know that. So, you know, they're dealing with uh, multiple sport athletes for the most part. Uh, but it's a great, great sports state and uh, very lucky to have grown up in that state and have all the, uh, the, the opportunities that I had. When you were a kid, did you have a school? Of course, I'm, I'm assuming you were a, a Hawkeye fan, or what college basketball team did you follow? Was there a pro team that you followed? Was there anybody that when you would practice outside, I'm assuming you probably had a hoop at your house that you kind of emulated or uh, liked to uh, fantasize or be like? Oh, I was absolutely a Hawk fan. I got, I got my first written letter from Lute Olson uh, way back in the day. I, I mean, I wasn't good enough to be recruited by by Iowa, but I did get recruited. So I remember uh, just a lot of nights of the whole family. I mean, we lived and died with, with the Hawkeyes uh, football and basketball. And, you know, if, we were, if they didn't win, it, it ruined your night, it ruined your week uh, or, or whatnot. But uh, grew up uh, uh, very much in a Hawkeye household. Uh, I remember uh, growing up, uh, it's it's funny. It's not funny, and I, I hope you ain't listening. <laughs> I hope somebody doesn't tell them, but I – I was not a Celtic Larry Bird guy. I was a Julius Irving uh, 76er guy. Uh, but no, getting to know, getting to know Larry, I certainly haven't told him, told him that, but I was, I was a sixer through and through with Dr. J and, uh, then kind of going into MJ and that. But, uh, those were, you know, definitely a hawk. That's for sure. And I'm still a hawk. I was, I was lucky enough to be on staff there for seven years and that was just, uh, living a dream there. You know, uh, we're probably, I think you were born in December of 67. I was born in uh, November of 67, so we're a little bit close in the age. But, oh, yeah. But talking about uh, high school basketball in the state of Indiana, you know, all the way up until 1997, I think it was, you know, one true state champion. What kind of playoff system or what? Uh, how did you uh, make it to a Final Four in high school basketball in Iowa? Uh it's crazy now that it used to be three classes in basketball. Now it was when I played, it was three classes in basketball and four classes in football. So Harlan is a is a, is a, a state power in football. I don't know if it's fifteen state championships. I was I was part of two champions and one runner up uh, as a player myself. But in basketball, it was three classes, and we were the smallest school in the biggest class. So we had to play the Des Moines, the Sioux Cities, the Council Bluffs of the world uh, to try and get to the state tournament, be a state champion. And we made it to the state tournament uh, my sophomore year um, and got beat by Al Lorenzen and Cedar Rapids Kennedy. I don't know if you remember him, but the Vanilla Gorilla. So that the, the top eight make it to the state tournament in Des Moines, and we made it my sophomore year and got knocked out my junior and senior year, although we had pretty good seasons. So did you – was your first love football, or was it was it kind of a toss-up between both football and basketball? No, no. Uh, no, I mean, I just loved every sport. I mean, I, I, play, I played baseball. I pitched and, and I played shortstop, and, and all summers were baseball. But uh, Harlan, you know, it was so – Harlan as a community is so good in everything. I think, oh, shoot, when I was in college, they won baseball, football, and basketball in the same year. I mean, it's a, it's a – Farming community, uh, community school, but uh, just a lot of good athletes. And 
I loved those Friday nights playing football. I loved it. And, again, we won uh, state championships in my sophomore and junior year, and uh, me and our best offensive lineman got hurt and could not play in the championship game our senior year, so we lost a close one, 10-7. But I loved football. But, you know, growing up uh, around a, a coach at basketball, I, that's all I ever wanted to do. You know, I didn't have – I still to this day, I, I should – I hate to say it, but I don't have a lot of other interests other than basketball. I just grew up, and, you know, I grew up uh, around a family that uh, you learned you hated to lose, you know, and it was all about winning and, and competing and being part of a team. So um, I, I enjoyed that in, in every sport. Being part of a team is just about as special thing as you can have. At what point, I mean, were you recruited? Was was I know you went and played at South Dakota. Were there other places that you could have gone and played basketball? Could you have played football at other places? Give a little bit about, I mean, I know it's totally different from what it's like today on recruitment and picking colleges and, and playing uh, uh, collegiate sports, but give us a rundown on, on how that worked and how you made your choice for where you did go. Yeah, I was. I, I got recruited uh, highly as a football quarterback. Um, it's just not something I ever really considered. You know, you you go to college football games and you look at them dudes, and I always remember you just looking at them like, oh, my gosh, these guys, are, they're big, they're strong, they're fast, they're tough. I don't know if I want to do this. But I did. I, I miss it. You know, even when I was in college in South Dakota, we were in a dome, and I'd walk across there during football practice, and I missed it a little bit. Um, I got recruited – Oh, at a higher level uh, than Division Two, but I ended up playing Division Two. I I got hurt, like I said, my before my with championship game my senior year and my senior year in basketball. I had to I, I hurt my foot. I got my foot crushed, um, and I had to wear a steel plate in my shoe my entire senior year. So I just never got my my quickness, my athletic ability, my athleticism back. Uh, so just a little, I was still okay, uh, but I wasn't. Uh, quite a division one player there so i went division two to university of south dakota and just so fortunate uh you know sometimes you you through adversity you, you you're fortunate and you and you you toughen up and you learn some lessons and i certainly did and i couldn't have picked a better place than the university of south dakota and i'm proud to be an alum there got my master's there was a ga there played on two ncaa tournament teams so that's kind of the path it took i was a pretty good baseball pitcher as well had a chance to play professionally as a pitcher, and it's, again, that was just something uh, that I didn't really consider because I just wanted to play college basketball. Uh, tell us about that chance of being able to play professional baseball. Well, I just, you know, you get drafted, and and uh, back then the the uh, signing bonuses weren't like they are today. You know, <laughs> if you, you get draft, you get drafted high, you might as well do it. But uh, I wanted to go to college. Uh, I wanted to play basketball. Uh, and for the, um, for the money that, uh, was available for, for someone like me, I just, uh, I just didn't want to do it. And, and you know, you look back and you think sometimes, man, just look at all the money those baseball pitchers are making. But, um, lucky to, do, lucky to have the path that I led. Um, when does the light bulb go off over your head and you're like, you know what? I, I think I would like to coach this game. It's just something I think I always wanted to do. I think if you'd asked me as a kid what you're going to do, and maybe you probably should have played professional basketball or professional football or whatever, but um, it's just really all I knew. You know, I, 
I knew going into college I was going to be a PE major so I could get into coaching. Uh, also got a, um, uh, uh, a, a master's in counseling. You know, I could just have probably more than I uh, use anything else sometimes. But uh, that's really all I ever wanted to do or really all I ever wanted to be. And um, I'm one of the guys that, uh, you know, you, you got college coaches, whether it be assistant or head coaches. I hit every step on the way up. I mean, I was a volunteer, a grad assistant, uh, a, uh, a high school coach, a third assistant, a restricted earnings coach, a second assistant, a first assistant, a specific associate head. So I, it took me a while. You know, it took me a while. I'm, I'm, I didn't have the name as some great, uh, former great college player. I really had to earn and work my way up. And uh, when it happened, I can't tell you uh, how happy I was and excited I was to be a head division one coach because there's not many of those out there yeah I've uh, uh, read a couple things I'm doing a little research on some questions I was going to ask you and it it's just like a, uh, it was best said in one article that I read it's been like a domino effect for you <laughs> yeah, it was it like I said it took a while you know when you I left uh, Des Moines Roosevelt I, I got a high school head coach and a counseling job at, uh, at that school Des Moines Roosevelt and was just the best, you know. I, I just I couldn't can't tell you how much I enjoyed it, but uh, that was decent money, you know, for a young single guy in Des Moines, which is a great city. Uh, and then I left to be a restricted earnings coach uh, to make ten thousand dollars a year uh, at Indiana <laughs> State, and and I did that for two years. I did that for two years. So some of these young guys, when they're talking about money, and even our graduate assistants want want more money than that. But I like look now. I mean. Back in the day, you know, I had to, I had to work my way up and, and do it with a lot less, but uh, it got me prepared for where I'm at. Were you patient about your career growth? You know, uh, you know, you're at one place, and like I said just a few minutes ago about the domino effect. Uh, I mean, uh, how does that work as a basketball coach? I mean, uh, do you, did you just let it come to you? Were you actively always trying to find something better, or how, how does that work as a basketball coach? I have always, always just done the job that I have. Um, and I talked, somebody told me a long ago, uh, I think it was Jim Hallahan, Johnny Orr's former uh, assistant at, at Iowa State. I think he told me, whatever job you have, be prepared for that to be your last one. Um, so if you're going to take another job, be prepared for it. So I've always just, even as a graduate assistant or even volunteering, I've just say, hey, I'm going to do the job that I have and, and, and let the rest take care of itself. And uh, I never um, envisioned like, hey, I got to be a Division One head coach. I have to do this. I just kind of continued to work and do my job and and learn as much from other coaches and others other people that I worked with. And and it just gradually got there. I was never in a hurry. I was just lucky. I mean, when I when I was a head of high school coach and took that restricted earnings job. Um, for $10,000 a year, shoot, you'd have thought I was the head coach at uh, uh, North Carolina. I was just so happy um, to be in the Division One. I. I didn't care what I was making or where my next meal was going to come from or where I was going to live or how I was going to pay rent. I was just, wow, I'm, a, I'm an assistant coach at Indiana State, and I just thought that was the greatest thing ever. So I just put my head down and, and worked as hard as I could. And, um, you know, you make uh, – 
you know, it's all about who you know. I really wasn't one of those guys that was connected as a former player, and I just got lucky. I just got lucky with the timing and where I was at and who I was with. And uh, here you are, uh, just past my uh, 10th year as a head coach at Indiana State, and that doesn't happen very often in, in Division One. Now, when you were at Indiana State as the restricted earnings uh, assistant coach, uh, I'm assuming, and, and may he uh, continue to rest in peace, that was under Coach uh, uh, Royce Weltman? Yeah. yeah. Well, first two years was uh, Sherman Dillard, who's an assistant at Iowa now. Okay. And then, uh, actually, when Coach Waltman got the job, I went from, from restricted earnings to a regular assistant. So <laughs> that, was another, that was another great day. It was lucky that uh, Nate Green from uh, Des Moines, Iowa, who, who was a great player for us at Indiana State, uh, I had coached him in high school, and he was on the team. And, and uh, fortunate enough in that that the, when Coach Waldman took over, he moved me into that position. You know, Coach Dillard, Sherman Dillard, looks very comfortable and very um, uh, confident in his role as assistant at Iowa. Oh, there's no question. I mean, Mr. Smooth there. I mean, he's, he's, he's the original. Uh, keeps himself in great shape. Uh, you know, was, I'm very lucky and very thankful for him. I let him know when I see him just for him giving me the – I was more the assistants that hired me, but uh, that gave me my start in Division One and two years there with him. Uh, as a restricted earnings, and he's just a, he's a good guy, and boy, he's working for a heck of a coach there in Fran McCaffrey uh, at Iowa. So every every you know, I'm still a hawk, so I'll shoot those guys text messages or uh, shout out when I see him. But uh, yeah, he's one of the original uh, Mr. Smooths there. How does your path, your coaching path, lead you to Iowa? Oh man, that's that's a good story. When we were at uh, I was at Indiana State, you know, just humping and grinding uh, as an assistant. Well, uh, Steve Alford was the head coach at what was uh, Southwest Missouri State. And Sam Alford, his father, was an assistant. And <laughs> Sam, Sandra, he's a, good old, he's a good guy and a former high school coach, and he was a little out of his element on the road recruiting. So every team knew, he, well, he, he didn't know, but he felt like I knew what I was doing and he knew I worked really hard saw players and was a good evaluator. So every time we saw he saw, saw me, he'd come and sit by me. So for a couple of years there, I really got to know him well. And during that year, Tom Davis's lame duck year was kind of kept rumored, kept, like they had got a hold of me, like, hey, I'm going to have a chance at Iowa. You know, would you be interested in coming? Obviously, yes. Um, and and do you know anybody there to, you know, to circulate my name and help me uh, maybe get the job? So I, for that year, I, I did what I could to help, but uh, I remember in our conference tournament, we got matched up against Southwest Missouri State, and they hit a they hit a bomb at the buzzer to beat us, and just walking by, shaking their hands, that was my last game at Indiana State, and uh, right after that, I uh, got hired at Iowa. You know, uh, six degrees of uh, separation, I, I do a lot on with the guests that I have. I don't actually know the guests, but... Uh, personally, but from six degrees of separation, I actually do. Um, I was on the bench as a freshman in high school in 1983 at uh, Hinkle Fieldhouse when uh, Steve played my high school team and went 25 for 25 from the free throw line and scored 57 points against us. And needless to say, we <laughs> lost the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he. I still say he's the best uh, college jump shooter that ever played and um, you ought to see him when he spoke at camps, man. He 
he'd speak at our camps when I was at Iowa and he'd talk for 45 minutes and, and never, never miss. I mean, and, and it just is incredible, uh, how hard he worked and how good, uh, he was as a shooter for being a 6'2 non-athletic guy, you know, it was just, uh, it was pretty impressive. And obviously, you know, he's a, he's a really good, uh, college coach, uh, still there at Nevada. And, uh, did a good job. We had, you know, won a couple conference champ or a couple tournament championships when we were there at Iowa. But, uh, to, to, I was really thankful for him giving me the opportunity because growing up a Hawkeye, that was just a, it was just an unbelievable dream to look across the floor and there's mom and dad sitting first row with their feet on the wood at, uh, at Big Ten home basketball games. Was, um, in your coaching career, was when Iowa decided to go a different way, is that the only time during your coaching career that you've kind of, uh, 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 I've got to find something, after, you know, after they decide to go in a different direction? You know, I, I, they let me go the year, uh, two years before they got uh, run out of there. And it, he had hired another assistant that, that just came in and, uh, he and I, he didn't like me. We didn't see eye to eye. He's a different kind of guy. Um, so I got out of there. They, they let me go and, um, you know, it was really kind of humbling for one. It, it, it stunk because I was my dream job and I wanted to be there. Uh, couldn't say that for maybe, uh, the other assistant. He was always looking for the, for that next gig, but I wanted to be there and I got let go. Uh, and I had, uh, my phone rang. I had a call from Tom Izzo. I had a call from, Bo Ryan and both of those guys were just extremely complimentary and said, whatever I can do, if, if we had a spot uh, right now, we'd hire you. Um, so I just was really patient. Um, interviewed with Kirk Sparrow when he was a head coach at Central Florida and was looking at some, some different things in assistance. And all of a sudden, here at Indiana State, uh, they have a spot open. And uh, that was the spot that I wanted to be. I wanted to go back there. I wanted to help Coach Waltman out. And, and uh it's just crazy to, to be at two places that you you love and you have a passion for, like I do with Iowa and Iowa State, to just, uh, yeah, just really lucky. And tell us about your relationship with Coach Walton. Oh, man. I mean, it, he's he's probably, the other than my dad, the best coach I've ever been around. Now, he was he's a bulldog, man. He, he was a hard-driving, hard, hard-working Tough dude, uh, definitely out of the Bobby Knight school. So he, he would, he could paint the walls with you. I'll tell you that, you know. So the good thing was, I got, I grew up in that type of environment with my dad, uh, getting after me all the time. So taking a, taking a butt chewing, uh, I was, I was used to, but, uh, he was just in as, as an intelligent as a man and a good man, um, as there was and obviously had some success uh, before he had some, some lean years there. And uh, I miss him, you know, all of us assistants, uh, I got Kareem Richardson on my staff who, who went to Indiana state after I left for Iowa. Um, a lot of us around like to talk about him, like to tell stories, former players. Uh, we miss him. Uh, we lost him to, to cancer several years back, but uh, his, he, he, his legacy lives on. There's no question. We know all the steps and everything that had to fall in place for you to become the head coach at Indiana State University, but what was that process like? And do you, I mean, <laughs> and I want to know, like, was it, was it a, like, was it like a fist in the air when you got the job? Was there, was, was, it, was there <laughs> goosebumps? Where, who was the first person that you called? And how, 
how long did you stay high? Are you still high now? <laughs> oh man, yeah. I, I, I thank the, I thank God every day for for the opportunity that I have, and I try to make the most of it. But it was crazy. I was as an assistant, they let Coach Waltman go, and I was up for the job. Um, and Kevin McKenna, I was a good friend, who's now an assistant in Oregon. He was an assistant at Creighton. It came down to he and I for the job. And the athletic director at that time, I think he knew I would stay if, if he if he hired Kevin. Uh, so they hired Kevin. Uh, they named me associate head coach. So I was there with Kevin for a couple of years. And then Kevin uh, went with Dana Altman to Oregon. Kevin's now an, uh, an assistant out there at Oregon. And I felt when that happened, it was an unbelievable day. It just so happened my mom. And my nephew uh, were at my house on a Sunday uh, because we had camp the next day. We were starting camp the next day, and my nephew was going to come to camp. And all of a sudden, Kevin gives me a call and goes, I need to see you in the office right now. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. He goes, I'm either getting fired or I'm getting a job. <laughs> and I hadn't, done, I hadn't done anything to get fired, so I thought. <laughs> so we went in there, and... and um as I'm driving in there, the athletic director calls me and says, hey, I need to see you first thing in the morning. And I'm like, okay. Um, so I go in there, and Kevin said, hey, I'm going to Oregon um, as an assistant. And we were we were with the staff. We were in there talking. Lou Godino, uh, who's at Wichita right now, uh, we were in there, and we kind of were just – we kind of went our separate ways, and I was pacing out in front of the office. My phone – I call, so I called the AD. I said, Ron – I said, I can't wait till tomorrow. I said, these guys are going to look at me as soon as Kevin announces it, and they're going to wonder. He goes, well, the job's yours. I've already talked to the president. I mean, I can't. Ugh, it does give me goosebumps and about makes me choke up uh, in tears. But, uh, yeah, I got the job right there on the spot. And when Kevin, Kevin told the guys that he was leaving, every one of them turned and looked at me like, are you getting it? I mean, are you going to be the guy? And, Kevin didn't know that at the time, so I just stepped up and I said, "I said, guys, it's it's good." I said, "We're ready to go." I said, "The AD already, Ron already told me I'm hired, and uh, we're good to go." So that's how it happened. You know, I'm pretty sure you probably throw into it what you throw uh, what you threw into it when you first started that your head coaching job at Indiana State University. But uh, what's a I mean, man, did you, did you did you get a headache at first, a concentration headache or migraine, or what did you start with first? Did you know what you had coming back? Did you know? Did you know? Because you had a very successful year. Your yeah, first year. Yeah, won the NCAA won the, turn, won the, won the tournament. Yeah, and, uh, went to the NCAA tournament. It was several of the guys. You know, as a, as assistants, you all recruit everybody, but you know, you all you also kind of say, "Well, I'm the lead on this guy. I'm the lead on this guy." And, I was the lead on several of the guys that we had had, and the biggest one was an incoming freshman named Jake Odom, who ended up being two-time first-team all-conference. All, uh, all and that's when we had Wichita with their pros, and we had Doug McDermott, Creighton. He was he was two-time first-team all-conference guy back in that day. And, and as a freshman, I didn't start him his first game, but he started the rest of his career, and he went on to, I think we finished – Third, but we we won the won the tournament. We played Syracuse in the NCAA tournament. Went to a couple NITs in the next three years. So um, we were pretty good. Then we we had some we had some years that um, there in the middle, and we weren't terrible, but we weren't as good as we needed to be. Uh, if you remember the name Bryant McIntosh, uh, who went to Northwestern, 
uh, he was committed and coming, and he was going to be the next guy right after Odom. Well, right before uh, July of his senior year, he opened up his recruiting again, so we lost him, and that really affected us. Um, and we just weren't, again, we, you know, it's all about having players who weren't as good as we needed to be. But uh, last year we finished third, started two freshmen, and and, uh, and then our first team all week guard that's back, so we're excited about our future. You know, I went ahead and, uh, you know, my back, my bracket was busted that year you guys played Syracuse because I thought you guys were going to upset <laughs> <laughs> Those guys, it was so crazy. We were, uh, I remember, you know, because they played that zone and they were huge. I mean, they had seven footers, six ten, six nine. Their guards were big. So I remember we, um, put used hockey sticks with pads on the end, uh, when we were practicing there against their zone. But we, we kind of had our, uh, you know, stars, start, start struck looking, uh, for a while there at the start of the game. We got down, but we battled them hard. We battled them hard. I think we cut it to five late, uh, ended up getting beat, but it was, uh, unbelievable experience, uh, playing there in Cleveland and playing in the NCAA tournament and, uh, going against a coach that had like 900 more wins than I had. <laughs> Coach, what do you think, uh, you guys, is, were you looking at possible uh, NIT before, um, you know, all of this happened for this year? We were certainly under, yeah, we were certainly under consideration. I uh, wish we'd have played a little better uh, in the tournament. We came in on a four-game win streak and, and finished third, like I said, but we just, we didn't, we didn't play particularly well and Missouri State shot well. We shot poorly, so getting knocked out there probably wouldn't have helped us. But now it, there's just not many uh, mid-major at-larges, even in the NCAA tournament. You know, if those those bids go to bigger schools and in the NIT now, uh, like Northern Iowa this year, they won the, the outright title. But if they hadn't won, if they wouldn't have won the tournament, which they didn't, they would have automatically gone to the NIT if they didn't get a bid. So conference champions gobble up the, the bids in the NIT, and then the rest of them uh, basically go to Power 5 conferences. But we were certainly in consideration. It was, it was crazy because I just had, uh, the day before, filled out our NIT form and, and, and talked to a guy on the phone about it that, that we were still under consideration. Um, do you and your family live in Terre Haute? Yeah, yeah. My wife, uh, Christy, uh, before I met her, she had had a place here in Scottsdale, um, so this is kind of a, we got lucky. I, I lucked into this place and that's where we're at right now. Uh, we came south just to be in better weather, um, during this time and, you know, working by the phone and basically doing all we're doing, but we can take long hikes and mountains, take long walks, which we've done, uh, every day. I think we've covered 65 miles in just over a week. So we've been humping it, but, uh, we live in Terre Haute, love Terre Haute. Um, it's always going to be a special place and it's always going to be, uh, a home to me. Now, Coach, in your career uh, in coaching, no matter from high school all the way to what you do now, who are some of the people that you've come across or you've got to have a conversation with or you've met and you're like, you know, oh, my God, if I wasn't in this game of basketball or thank goodness I'm in this game of basketball or I wouldn't have met this person, I wouldn't have experienced this experience. Oh, I mean, obviously there there's a lot of them, and it's just uh, – you know, you're in the game of basketball at the level that uh, uh, I've been around. I also have become very uh, good friends with several people in the NBA. So, I mean, I was at, oh, I think four or five uh, NBA championship uh, 
championship series between Golden State and and uh, and uh, Cleveland because David Griffin's a good friend of mine. He was the GM at, with the Cavs then. But from NBA stuff to college coaches that you're being around to media people, I mean, it's there's a lot, you know. And I'm not saying they're friends, but you do you are fortunate enough to be around um, some greatness. I mean, some true great. I mean, to sit at a practice. Uh, for the Cleveland Cavaliers and watch LeBron James is, I mean, you know, going to, uh, NBA practices of Michael Jordan and then back when Larry Brown was, was, was with the championship, uh, Pistons. There's just, there's been a lot of things that I've been fortunate enough to be around and there's a lot of people I could thank for that. Um, just try to take advantage of every one of those situations that I can and hopefully I'm not done yet. Hopefully there's more to come. You know, coming off a, a very successful season, you know, cut a little bit short because of uh, what the world's going through, what the United States is going through right now, the world. Um, you know, at your longevity as a head coach, you know, I didn't look up statistics, but, you know, that, that's a, a pretty long time. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, it's unheard of. Uh, that's why you got to make the most of it. You know, I'm going to enjoy every day um, with this team next year because you never you never know what's going on. This is... Um, I've been very lucky. Been very lucky to be at the place that I've been at um, as long as I have. Uh, not had to bounce around. Um, you know, it's, it's it's truly a home. It's truly a, a community of, of Terre Haute and Indiana State. It just is something that uh, is a is a big part of me, and it always will be. Um, but yeah, and today I always say that. I just today's day and age, um, it's unheard of for one guy to be the head coach at. Uh, one place so long, and I've been really lucky. I haven't had a lot of turnover in systems. You know, I've tried to hire, just like in recruiting, we want high character guys. And uh, it's this staff, I want guys, I want good guys, high character guys that I like being around. You know, and, and I've been very, very lucky uh, to have that. So it's just uh, one blessing after another. You know, I have a lot to be thankful for. You know, we've ran a little long. I just have one other question for you, and that's uh, what? Uh, how do you? What's your stance on the state of Indiana and recruiting? And do you evidently your mind is open to recruiting uh, anywhere you can find uh, that person that fits with the Indiana State University Sycamores? But uh, do you do you do you, do you want to spend more time in Indiana? Do you spend more time in Indiana? What's what's the process or the uh, thinking process when you are recruiting for Indiana State University basketball? No, I mean no, no question. I mean we work our tail off uh, in the state of Indiana. And, uh, before, when I first got to Indiana State, I remember going to Indianapolis and going to school. But, I mean, they didn't know a player on our team. They didn't know what conference we were in. They didn't know who was a coach. I think that's one thing I've been a part of is the resurgence of, of, of Indiana State and its basketball program. I mean, you go now, there's people wearing our shirts. They saw us on TV. They know our players. Um, we start from Terre Haute and work our way out. Uh, in recruiting, and, but one thing about Indiana, it is very, it's recruited so hard and it's recruited by everybody. Um, so you don't just take someone because they're from Indiana, because they're more local, but we work really, really hard at it. And we've really been successful at it. You know, we've got several Indiana All-Stars on our team. Um, you know, and there's, there's not that many of those. So we're, we're lucky to do that, but we work very, very hard. Uh, at getting kids out of out of Indiana, and that's our first priority. But again, you're not always going to get those guys, and then you have to be able to 
to recruit all across, across the country, and we certainly have, and we'll continue to do so. Uh, we've been talking with Coach Greg Lansing, uh, head basketball coach at Indiana State University for the Sycamores, or as one of my uh, followers who played at Indiana State, Rick Fields, calls them the Fighting Trees. Um, so <laughs> Rick's a great, Rick's a great guy. He's a great guy. <laughs> so I thank you for your time. Uh, 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 be safe and blessed, and uh, I'm sure every, everybody out in Sycamore Nation is going to uh, in, enjoy listening to this, and we appreciate your time. Well, it's been an honor to be on with you. I appreciate it. You stay safe as well.